Man, it's amazing to think about this idea that hope gets personal and that hope had a life and um, into our world hope walked. Uh, what an amazing concept. My name's Eric. I'm one of the uh, pastors here. My cohort here is Ryan. Uh, he's also one of the elders here at New Life. And it's just so good to be with you, uh, to look at God's Word together and to worship together. And uh, we're so excited um, to be with you. In Matthew 14, there's a moment where Jesus does um, this miracle and um, feeds thousands of people uh, with a little bit of nothing and blows away um, his disciples as they're there and they're watching it and they see it. And after that whole day is over and they've experienced this great and powerful moment, Jesus goes away by himself to, to pray and he sends the disciples um, into the sea on, on a boat and as they were out there on the water, the, the storm began to come and the waves began to crash. And for them as disciples uh, there in that moment uh, had a great fear. Um, Jesus shows up um, there in that moment of um, fear and anxiety for them. And Jesus says these words. He says, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Amen. Uh, what um, what powerful words uh, for us and and then this moment uh, many of us know with Peter as as he is there and uh, Peter is an interesting guy but I love him in this moment and he says Lord if it's you command me to come out on the water and uh, Jesus says okay I'll come so Peter gets out of the boat and he walked on the water wow um, he walked on the water and he came to Jesus. But then as the moment began to come back and the circumstances began to come back into his mind, as the wind uh, became uh, relevant again in his mind, he felt the wind um, as he got out and walked, uh, and he was afraid, the scripture tells us. So for us to think about this moment where uh, Jesus reaches out to him, after Peter cries out to him and says, Lord, save me, save me. Um, Jesus immediately reached out his hand, he took hold of him, and he says this. He says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So for us this morning uh, to remember um, that hope um, had a life and a voice, and hope for us in the moment of darkness for many of us, a moment of uh, trial and circumstance and difficulty, that hope illuminates the darkness that we're in. It is hope that uh, also calls us out onto the water as Peter was called out by Jesus, um, to come and also wash in its healing stream and uh, to new life that hope calls us to in service to a king. And that hope um, isn't just a word. Um, that hope has a name, and that name is Jesus, that he has come. So for us, over the next several weeks and, and this morning, what we want to do uh, for us as a, a church, as a followers of Christ, is we want to help turn our eyes from the circumstances in life whatever it is that we're thinking about or consumed about, whether you're a kid and you're just focused on video games all day, every day, <laughs> or whether you are um, stressed out watching the news or just struggling to figure out what uh, the next uh, few weeks are going to be for your family. Um, we want to turn our eyes um, to Jesus. And as the waves of the wind hit us uh, over and over again, we want to remind each other every week um, to turn our eyes um, to Jesus, that we would focus on him because he is the one who is our hope. Um, he is our savior and he is our king. So this morning, uh, let's just open in prayer and turn our eyes to Christ together. So God, we, we are grateful uh, for this opportunity to meet uh, here through cyberspace. God, that uh, you um, are God over this moment, that you are God over um, 
this technology that we're meeting through. God, you are God over the circumstances and the stresses in our life, and uh, you are God of our most um, intimate concerns and secrets. So God, today we ask that you would grant us this moment, this moment of faith, to turn our eyes to you, that we might um, and figuratively step out onto the water, that we might see you and see your hand. God, that we would hear your words to not be afraid, that it is you who is here with us. And God, we trust that you are more than capable to do more than we could ever imagine. And it's in the great name of Jesus, our hope, that we pray. Amen. So this morning, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, look at Luke chapter 2. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, go ahead and uh, turn there to Luke chapter 2 as uh, we dive in uh, just to God's Word together here. Yeah, so I wanted to, the first thing I wanted to share for a minute, well, first of all, shout out to uh, the kids ministry, uh, kids that are listening with the big church this Mm. morning. Um, It's been fun this week getting to interact uh, with you guys. Some of you have gotten some video messages from, and um, some some of you have built some towers uh, and showing us on Facebook, so um, kudos to the two or three of you that have done that, and I'll be watching for more. Amazing. not during right now, because you're <laughs> going to be dialed in and listening to the wisdom and of knowledge course. and inspiration of uh, of this group here. So uh, anyway, it's been fun to interact like that. But one thing I wanted to share this morning, um, I brought along um, something to share with you guys. It's, it's a cookie jar. And yeah, it's an empty cookie jar, um, mm. not because we've been sitting here eating cookies this morning, but it is... Um, it is empty nonetheless. But um, it's it's actually a really special cookie jar. Um, it belonged to um, my grandma, Grandma Louise. And um, as, as we um, kind of delve into this this morning, there's something special about um, this cookie jar in that it, um, it represents who, who, a little bit of what she was in my life. Um, my grandma, she had a special place in her heart for, for five boys, especially um, my two brothers and my two cousins. We had only grandkids for her were, were five boys. She had a mm-hmm. special heart for, the, for them, and she only got to meet my two uh, girls, um, who were the great-grandkids, but since then there's been nine, nine others that have joined that. She would have really loved them. Ryan, too. would you say they're the greatest grandkids? Um, I, I know I was just worried about the first grandkid uh, for her because, um, and if she had an extra special spot, uh, uh, no, no concerns there, Kyle Troy or Dana Paul. But you know, I think there's an extra special spot here. But nonetheless, I keep this uh, in a in a, uh, a visible place. Um, because I like to think about her. Um, she was special to me, and, and we were special uh, to her. And um, so special, in fact, that when Callie was born, Callie, who's um, our first daughter, who's singing up here this morning, um, we named her Callan Louise, after my grandma Louise. And and so um, there, for a couple of different reasons, I think anyone uh, kind of names a kid, when you're a young parent and you've got a baby born, um, I think, and you want to. I think you do it in a way to honor the person. Mm. In yeah. a way, you're honoring yeah. them because um, at this time she was still alive, and, and she she really loved the fact that that Cal and Louise was was her namesake. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's honoring to them. But then, as after years go by, and now Grandma Louise is gone, um, in a way, you kind of hope that that the child, in this case, Callie, uh, takes on some of the character. Uh, by reading Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 21. Uh, hey, be- before you yeah. read, um, did you have a chance to look up the meaning of your name? 
I, well, I actually think I do know. I think it's Little King. Little King. Yeah. That's, is, is that, I don't, may, I don't know. Is that, I don't know, but about it here. What's I, your name? What's I, the meaning of your name? I did look up the meaning of mine and you'll love this. It is ever an eternal ruler. Okay. Well, so, you know, I think a king still rules over the ruler. I'll just, I'll <laughs> even just, though he's little, I'll just let that sit there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Luke chapter uh, 2, verse 21 says this, And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And, and more specifically than that, in, in Matthew chapter 1, you know, thinking back to around Christmas time, there was a specific meaning uh, behind that name for Jesus. And the reason for that, is that the the name actually means uh, Jesus or Yahweh saves. And as the angel introduced the idea of having Jesus uh, to Joseph way back before he was born, um, the angel said, um, for he will save people from their sins. Hmm. And so as you imagine, um, Mary and Joseph having this baby, naming him, naming him Jesus, um, they were doing it kind of um, probably initially out of obedience, but then they, but then they transitioned, and, and Jesus was born, and Jesus then um, was becoming a you know a month old or so, maybe a little bit more. And we pick up in Scripture in verse uh, twenty-two, it says, "And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, mm-hmm. as it is written in the in the law of the <clears throat> Lord. Every male who first opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord." and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So um, here we've got Mary and Joseph following this guideline. They are, they are trying their best to do what's right. And I think as, as a reflection of what I think Steph and I have did and then have tried since then to do, one, you, you name a kid to honor a person, and then two, you hope that their life pans out, and, and we're proud of Callie, and so far it has. It does reflect um, what Grandma Louise um, epitomized in her life, but, but as, as they brought Jesus into this place, um, they, they circumcised him right away. They brought him and brought a sacrifice, and this passage is interesting. Um, the, the Old Testament direction is that they sacrifice a lamb, yeah. But there's but there's recognition that if you can't afford a lamb, you can bring a, a turtle dove mm. or two young pigeons in their place. And so clearly, this is, there was no mention of a lamb here. Was there no thought that Mary and Joseph could have could have afforded a lamb um, at this time? But they came humbly anyway, and no doubt with a turtle dove or, or two young pigeons. And by the way, who knows what a turtle dove looks like? I have no idea. Um, I have seen seen pigeons before, but the the, the point of this is Mary and Joseph. Um, trying their best to to do the right thing, to be obedient in these early days of Jesus, and and hopefully reflecting and what would continue on in his life. On that end of the spectrum, they had these miraculous, mm. this miraculous visions and and yeah. and interactions about their their kid. Yeah, but they didn't know they were young young kids, <laughs> young parents, not knowing what the next thirty. 50 years would bring. They had no idea, but nonetheless, they started Jesus out in a, in an obedient way, following scripture. Um, so that in their, their way, um, as humble parents with humble means, 
They're trying to, to serve their Lord and their child in the right way. And so we, we, we see that and, and see them in making this attempt. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, just this moment where Jesus is being dedicated, you know, what a moment for Mary and Joseph, you know, to just experience that. And, you know, for me, as I read this passage, try to put myself in um, all of the characters' shoes um, to see how they're, they're reacting and would love to see seeing their faces mm. in these moments, even that are coming up. So we pick up in uh, verse uh, 25, where Jesus is going to be recognized as the Lord's Messiah. And uh, now there was a man, it says in verse 25, there's a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, it says this in verse 28, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said this, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to the people of Israel. And again, just to put your, your, yourself in, in Simeon's um, shoes here in this moment to uh, sense that, the, know, for, know for sure that God had promised that he wouldn't die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And then to the spirit to call him to, to go up into the temple and that is where Mary and Joseph, by God's providence, uh, were there on that day and bringing uh, their son, uh, Jesus, um, to be dedicated. And uh, he was about to be um, circumcised. And, and Simeon's response here, where he, it says that in verse 28, that he took up Jesus. He took up Jesus in his arms and he blessed God. Imagine the joy um, that uh, Simeon is experiencing here in this moment of God's faithfulness, of God's promise, of God's um, providence, of God's grace, and the fact that, that God is just here in this moment and not just promised him from afar and from in history, but God here in this moment was here in his arms and he embraced um, the baby Jesus. Incredible moment. And his response that, uh, from my eyes have seen your salvation, to know um, that God had prepared a way uh, for all people of all time uh, to know uh, their creator um, and their savior. And it says too in verse 32 that he was a light uh, for revelation to the Gentiles. That God's promises from even from old that he would bless uh, through the Abrahamic promise that he would bless all of the world and all of the nations uh, through um, this lineage, Abraham's lineage. Here's Jesus, the fulfillment of hundreds, thousands of years of prophecy in his arms. And finally, for the glory of your people, Israel. And I wonder if we've ever pondered um, our identity in Christ to think about um, how we are defined um, by our Lord and Creator, the Lord of the universe. How does He see us? What is our identity? So think about that this week. Ask the question, are you a child of God? Have you experienced um, this salvation to be forgiven of sin, um, to be set free from everything that this world um, has for us, to know that when we are in a difficult circumstances and we're out on the water like Peter, that our Savior is there holding out his hand to know, do you know that Savior today? Do you have that salvation? 
If not, uh, there's no better time than today to surrender our lives to the living God, to our Creator, to ask Him to forgive us of all that we've done that is wrong, that our relationship with Him would be made right, that we would be made new, and that we would know deep in our hearts, in our minds, um, in our souls, that we have hope because Jesus stepped into this world. But here's Simeon in this moment. And we think about um, times in our own life, maybe difficult ones um, that are in our lives that gave us a chance to um, take uh, the circumstances in life and set them aside and um, just experience Christ in the moment. And for me, uh, many of you know that on snow camp of 1992, my junior year in high school, uh, I had no desire at all uh, to go to this youth retreat. In fact, I gave all kinds of excuses over and over again uh, to uh, my youth pastor. And it was you know everything from uh, my, my girlfriend uh, will break up with me to to um, I'm going to lose my job, to all kinds of other things. But eventually, um, through lots of coaxing, I I went uh, to this retreat and uh, wasn't happy about it, didn't want to be there, uh, didn't want to listen to the things, didn't want to talk to the people. But there in that moment, um, God spoke to me and changed my life forever. I was able to surrender my life um, to God and give him control of my life. And it just so happens um, that weekend, not only did God bless me with a new life um, and a new eternity, um, but he also blessed me with my wife, Sarah, um, there in that moment, which was an incredible weekend um, by any stretch. But again, I didn't want to go. Um, circumstances in my life were different, wasn't interested in that, wasn't looking for that. Um, but there might be also different times for you that are much more difficult than that. Uh, for us, you know, as a family, uh, many years ago, we lost a child um, in the womb just two weeks before uh, our due date and our delivery date. And if we're honest, you know, it shook us there in that moment uh, as we were experiencing the wind and the waves that uh, all of that moment um, brought for us. Um, but also, um, quickly in that moment, we were able to sense God and to feel his hand and to see his hand reaching down to us. And to allow us the opportunity to, um, to, to spend time in his presence, to recenter us, um, that God met us in that moment. And for us just to remember that God is so much bigger than our circumstances. He's bigger than the circumstances of today and our culture. He's bigger than the circumstances of all of our life. I'm curious, Ryan, has there um, ever been a time um, for you in your life where you have just um, been kind of blown away or encouraged by God being bigger than the moment? That you've been in, yeah. And and as as I'm sharing, you know, if if folks online have examples that they'd like to share, yeah. uh, feel free to fill in some some comments because I know everybody's got stories that are that are moving and and uh, certainly uh, provide lots of encouragement. A couple that stand out to me just uh, recently that involve our whole church. Um, the one that is most prevalent is I don't know here about maybe a year ago, a little more than a year ago, you started interacting um, with a group of youth leaders um, mm. at lunchtime periodically, and and one of those youth leaders at the time from a different church was Trevor, yeah, um, who's leading worship this morning, and over the course of the next few months, um, we ended up um, in need of a, a worship uh, leader, and. Um, it's just it, we got to know uh, Trevor along the way in a in a non uh, job interview standpoint. A yeah. uh, a really a relationship was being built, and um, you could and 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 perhaps people have described that as a, you know a chance meeting between two people, yeah. two, two guys that happened to to lead students in yeah. in our neighborhood. Um, 
But um, now as we, as we look back on it, clearly there's, there's a, a divine connection there, a, div- yeah. a divine um, impact with that particular meeting. And, and you know, fast forward uh, several months later, and um, uh, Trevor is, is interested and, and has become available to, to join our ministry and our family. And, uh, and God, God brought it together. He orchestrated it, he and uh, and we're uh, um, we're online today because of it. Because without him, we'd be uh, I don't know recording on a iPad and uh, I don't know sending it out on a podcast or something with no video for sure. So we're so grateful for for that interaction for sure. And then and then more recently, um, just the the really impactful event of us having the opportunity to sell our church building, um, yeah. which has come to fruition uh, last uh, I guess last you know September it was really finalized. Um, and and just actually got uh, this last two weeks. I've gotten the deeds that they're paid in full. Is that right? Um, Praise so God! It's been fun, man. But to to think that you know, almost two years ago, we started you know in earnest praying for that as as even a possibility that yeah. that was really more of a you know it's almost like you know sort of praying for the lottery in a way. It doesn't <laughs> something not right about it. Um, and, and not here, that we're recommending that. But, <laughs> we are not recommending you play the lottery. But by God's grace. Um, you know, C3 um, has a need for a building like ours and, and, and has the means and, uh, and desire, and, and they're a, a church that we're, you know, fairly in line with. Just all parts of it, you know, God orchestrated it and, and brought us to where we are today. Yeah. It's amazing just to think about, um, you know, here for um, Simeon, you know, he, he wasn't sitting around every day um, begging God. Um, to um, fulfill this promise. Uh, he was uh, devout and righteous. He was a man who was um, just pursuing the Lord. And as he was doing that, as his focus was on the Lord, um, God does um, some amazing and miraculous things and uh, blesses him. So let's let's turn back to the scriptures. And uh, the third point that uh, we want to look at is that Jesus is exalted uh, here for us as the one to bring redemption. So, so look at uh, Luke chapter 2 and verse 33. Starts by saying this, and his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts might be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She didn't depart from the temple, uh, worshiping uh, with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting uh, for the redemption of Jerusalem. So here is this um, moment where um, this lady, Anna, and she's much like Simeon, clearly um, devout, clearly righteous. She um, is spending um, night and day um, pursuing the Lord, um, reading his scriptures, praying. Um, She's fasting um, in just pursuit of God. And um, amazing that we've got these two characters here that in the midst of all that's going on in life and in culture and society, this was their focus. And um, even to go back and um, forgot to mention verse 33, uh, where it says that his father, mother, Mary, and Joseph, they marveled at what was said about their son, Jesus. 
imagine these things, uh, hearing the promise of God uh, and that uh, you are to name your son Jesus and, and to know that he is to be the Savior of the world, the promised Messiah, and to think about that and probably have some questions and doubt um, about that, but here in this moment to have these devout people recognize. Yeah, to, yeah, to have these, yeah. these these probably stalwarts in the temple. Yeah. They probably knew exactly who they were because they were always there worshiping, to have them be saying these things about their child. Yeah. They had to be amazed and bewildered, kind of like it says, and, yeah. and looking forward to what this life would bring. Yeah. And to think about, you know, his father and mother, they, they marveled at what was said about him. Is that something that is indicative of our lives? Are we marveling at the things that are said about Jesus? Are we marveling at his word? Um, Are we like um, Simeon, as righteous and devout? Are we like Anna uh, here in this moment, uh, who is spending night and day praying and fasting, uh, pursuing the Lord? Would we recognize um, the Messiah? Would we recognize Jesus, this hope that we talked about earlier? Will we recognize Jesus if he walked in the room mm. today? And these people, um, they, they didn't recognize Jesus because they were super smart. They recognized Jesus because there they are night and day pursuing the Lord. Amen. They're reading his word. Their eyes are on him. They're focused on him, not on all of the things um, that society and circumstance has to bring. And Anna's response is, is awesome. Um, she gave thanks to God there in that moment. Instantly, she knew, I'm going to praise the Lord. And then she tells everyone about Jesus and the redemption that he offers. And for us, you know, as a church, as some followers of Christ, um, to, to think about these times that we're in. And um, I, I'm not one to um, think that, man, we need to take advantage of this time. I don't, I don't really want to think about it like that. I don't want us to think about it like that, um, because th- this time really should be no different than every other day. Um, it wasn't um, any other day um, to Simeon and Anna. It, it was just another day. And when Jesus did something um, there in that moment, when he was in their presence, um, they knew it and recognized it because they had been with him. So for us, you know, we, we should always be about telling people about the redemption, the grace, the hope that Jesus offers. And he does, and he offers it in full. And there's a quote from uh, C.S. Lewis um, that says this. It says, We may note in passing that Jesus was never regarded as a mere moral teacher. He did not produce uh, that effect on any of the people who actually met him. He produced mainly three effects. Hatred, terror, and adoration. Wow. There was no expression, no trace of people expressing mild approval mm. of Jesus. Wow. And for us to think about what, what effects is Jesus producing in our lives, it shouldn't really be an option of mild approval of Jesus and his word. Um, yet it really ought to produce hatred, terror, or adoration that we are in the presence of the living king, the one who has created us. So this morning, uh, I just want to wrap up with a couple of things. Um, to remember that both um, Simeon and Anna praised God when they saw the baby Jesus. He's only eight weeks old, and they praised God when they saw him, recognizing that he was the one that they have sought for centuries, and he was the one they longed to see each and every day, and there he was in the moment. And for us to take our eyes off of all the circumstances, all the stress, all the worry, um, remember um, that God is still king, he is not surprised by today. He won't be surprised by tomorrow. Um, God's plan hasn't changed. <laughs> uh, his mission for us is still the same. 
Um, his grace is still just as good today as it was yesterday. Uh, the moment that Peter had with him on the water is the same for us um, today, that he desires for us to just focus on him. So as uh, we close today, in a minute, there's going to be a, a couple of questions on the screen um, for you to think about and process with whatever group you're there with. And if you're there just by yourself watching, um, call up some people or stay online and, and comment uh, back and forth uh, with these questions. Uh, the first one is, how can we pursue the Lord's face this week? Individually and together, how can we pursue God's face this week? Set aside the circumstances, how can we pursue God's face? The second one uh, we want us to talk about is how does focusing on Christ in this time remove our fear? How does focusing on Christ remove our fear? And the third one, um, what can we give thanks um, to God for today? It's amazing to think, even in our own um, human studies, um, what just being grateful does takes our eyes off of worry and anxiety, all the things that may be true or might worry about being true um, that aren't even rational, um, just to give thanks and start making a list of thing, things we want to give thanks to God for. So if you're there with your family um, or you want to do this online or, or call somebody up, um, just spend some time with these three questions and to focus on God. And for and those that are interested, we've also provided just a real simple reading plan uh, to kind of go through this passage and to think about God this week, that we might focus um, our eyes on Him. Um, so as we close today, we just want to pray for you, and then I think the uh, the, the questions will be um, there in the comments as well as on the screen. So God, thanks for today. God, we know that um, you are um, bigger than all of this mess. You're bigger than our worry. And uh, God, may we have these moments um, like Peter of great faith realizing that uh, we're human just like Peter, where we would see you, we would hear uh, your voice telling us that it is you and to not be afraid. And God, that uh, we would step out in faith and keep our eyes on you. God, may we, uh, hopefully never, but uh, oftentimes we know, we'll, we'll, we'll sense the wind and the circumstance again and again, and we'll probably take our eyes off of you. But God, that we would recognize your grace, um, that you are still there, waiting for us just to focus on you. So God, we love you today. We're grateful for Jesus, and it's in his great and powerful name that we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us today. Have a great day, everybody.